0: CHAPTER X of the This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The by Anthony Trollope. CHAPTER X Ballytowngal DALY, among other virtues or vices, was famed for punctuality. He wore a large silver watch in his pocket, which was as true as the sun, or at any rate, was believed by its owner to be so. From Daly's watch on hunting mornings, there was no appeal. He always reached the appointed meet at five minutes before eleven, by his watch, and by his watch the hounds were always moved from their haunches at five minutes past eleven. Though the Lord Lieutenant and the Chief Secretary and the Lord Chancellor had been there, there would have been no deviation. The interval of ten minutes he generally spent in whispered confabulations with the earth-warners, secrets into which no attendant horseman ever dived, for Black Daly was a mysterious man, who did not choose to be inquired into as to his movements. On this occasion he said not a word to any earth-warner, though two were in attendance, but he sat silent and more gloomy than ever on his big black horse, waiting for the minutes to pass by, till he should be able to run his hounds through the ballytowngall coverts, and then hurry on to Moytubber. Mr. Daly's mind was, in truth, fixed upon Moytubber, and what would there be done this morning. He was a simple-minded man, who kept his thoughts fixed for the most part on one object— he knew that it was his privilege to draw the coverts of Moytubber and to hunt the country around, and he felt also, after some gallant fashion, that it was his business to protect the rights of others in the pursuit of their favorite amusement. No man could touch him or either of his servants in the way of violence, without committing an offence which he would be bound to oppose by violence. He was no lawyer, and understood not all the statutes as fixed upon the subject if a man laid a hand upon him violently and would not take his hand off again when desired he would be entitled to shoot that man such was the law as in his simplicity and manliness he believed it to exist he was a man not given to pistols but when he heard that he was to be stopped in his hunting on this morning and stopped by dastardly pernicious curs who called themselves leaguers, he went into ballinasloe and bought himself a pistol black daly was a sad serious man who could not put up with the frivolities of life to whom the necessity of providing for that large family of children was very serious but he was not of his nature a quarrelsome man but now he was threatened on the tenderest point and with much simpler thought had resolved that it would be his duty to quarrel but just when he had spoken the word on which barney and the hounds were prepared to move sir nicholas trotted up to him sir nicholas and all the sporting gentlemen of county galway were there whispering with each other having collected themselves in crowds much bigger than usual there was much whispering, and many opinions had been given as to the steps which it would be well that the hunt should take if interrupted in their sport. But at last Peter Bodkin had singled out his father, and had communicated to him the fact of Black Daly's pistol. "'He'll use it, sure as eggs are eggs,' said Peter, whispering to his father. "'Then there'll be murder,' said Sir Nicholas, who, though a good hunting neighbour, had never been on very friendly terms with Mr. Daly. "'When Tom Daly says he'll do a thing, he means it,' said Peter. "'He won't be stopped by my calling it murder.' Then Sir Nicholas had quickly discussed the matter with sundry other sportsmen of the neighborhood. There were Mr. Purse of Doneraile and Mr. Blake of Letterkenny, and Lord Audrahan, and Sir Jasper Lynch of Bowenon. During the ten minutes that were allowed to them they put their heads together, and with much forethought made Mr. Purse their spokesman. Lord Odrahan and Sir Jasper might have seemed to take upon themselves an authority which Daly would not endure, and Blake of Letterkenny would have been too young to carry with him sufficient weight." Sir Nicholas himself was a Roman Catholic, and was Peter's father, and Peter would have been in a scrape for having told the story of the pistol. So Mr. Peirce put himself forward. "'Daily,' he said, trotting up to the master, "'I'm afraid we're going to encounter a lot of those landleaguers at Moytubber.' "'What do they want at Moytubber? Nobody is doing anything to them.' "'Of course not. They are a set of miserable ruffians. I'm sorry to say that there are a lot of my tenants among them, but it's no use discussing that now.' i can only go on said daly as though they were in bed then he put his hand in his pocket and felt that the pistol was there mr purse saw what he did and knew that his hand was on the pistol we have only a minute now to decide to decide what asked daly there must be no violence on our side daly turned round his face upon him and looked at him from the bottom of those two dark caverns believe me when i say it there must be no violence on our side if they attempt to stop my horse there must be no violence on our side to bring us, or rather you, to further grief.' "'By God! I'd shoot the man who did it,' said Daly. "'No, no, let there be no shooting. Were you to do so, there can be no doubt that you would be tried by a jury and hanged,' said Daly. "'Maybe so. I have got to look that in the face. It is an accursed country in which we are living.' "'But you would not encounter the danger in carrying out a trifling amusement such as this.' Daly turned round and looked at him. Was this work of his life— this employment on which he was so conscientiously eager to be called trifling did they know the thoughts which it cost him the hard work by which it was achieved the days and nights which were devoted to it trifling amusement to him it was the work of his life to those around him it was the best part of theirs i will not interfere with them daly said he alluded here to the enemies of hunting generally he had not hunted the country so long without having had many rows with many men farmers angry with him for the moment had endeavoured to stop him as he rode upon their land and they had poisoned his foxes from revenge or stolen them from cupidity he had borne with such men expressing the severity of his judgment chiefly by the look of his eyes but he had never quarrelled with them violently they had been contemptible people whom it would be better to look at than to shoot but here were men coming or were there now prepared to fight with him for his rights and he would fight with them even though hanging should be the end of it i will not interfere with them unless they interfere with me have you a pistol with you daly said pearse i have then give it me not so if i want to use a pistol it will be better to have it in my own pocket than in yours if i do not want to use it i can keep it myself and no one will be the wiser listen to me daly well mr Purse, do not call me mr Purse as though you were determined to quarrel with me it would be well that you should take advice in this matter from those whom you have known all your life there is sir nicholas bodkin he may be one of them for all that i can tell said daly lord adrahan is not one of them and sir jasper lynch and blake of letterkenny they are all there if you will speak to them in such a matter as this it is not worth your while to get into serious trouble to you and me hunting is a matter of much importance but the world at large will not regard it as one in which blood should be shed they will come prepared to make themselves disagreeable but if there be bloodshed it will simply be by your hands and think what an injury you would do to your side of the question and what a benefit to theirs how so we are regarded as the dominant party as gentlemen who ought to do what is right and support the laws if i am attacked may i not defend myself no not by a pistol carried loaded into a hunting-field you'd have all the world against you then the two men rode on silently together the hounds were drawing the woods of ballytown Gaul, but had not found and were prepared to go on to moytubber but according to the Galway custom barney smith was waiting for orders from his master daly now sat stock-still upon his horse for a while looking at the dark fringe of trees by which the park was surrounded he was thinking as well as he knew how to think of the position in which he was placed to be driven to go contrary to his fixed purpose by fear was a course intolerable to him but to have done that which was clearly injurious to his party was as bad, and this purse, to whom he had shown his momentary anger by calling him Mr., was a man whom he greatly regarded. There was no one in the field whose word would go further with him in hunting matters. He had clearly been rightly chosen as a deputation, but Daly knew that as he had gone to bed the previous night, and as he had got up in the morning, and as he had trotted along by Monivea Crossroads, and had met Peter Bodkin— every thought of his mind had been intent on the pistol within his pocket to shoot a man who should lay hold of him or his horse or endeavour to stop his horse had seemed to him to be bare justice but he had resolved that he would first give some spoken warning to the sinner after that god help the man for he would find no help in black tom Daly. but now his mind was shaken by the admonitions of mr purse he could not say of mr purse as he had said most unjustly of sir nicholas that he was one of them. Mr. Peirce was well known as a Tory and a Protestant, and an indefatigable opponent of home rulers. To Sir Nicholas, in the minds of some men, there attached a slight stain of his religion. "'I will keep the pistol in my pocket,' said Tom Daly, without turning his eyes away from the belt of trees. "'Had you not better trust it with me?' said Mr. Perce. "'No, I am not such an idiot as to shoot a man when I do not intend it.' "'Seeing how moved you are, I thought that perhaps the pistol might be safer in my hands.' "'No, the pistol shall remain with me.' Then he turned round to join Barney Smith, who was waiting for him up by the gates out of the covert. But he turned again to say a word to Mr. Purse. you, Mr. Purse. I am obliged to you. It might be inconvenient being locked up before the season is over.' Then a weird grin covered his face, which was the nearest approach to laughter ever seen with Black Tom Daly. From Ballytown Gall to Moytubber was about a mile and a half. Some few, during the conversation— between mr purse and the master had gone on so that they might be the first to see what was in store for them but the crowd of horsemen had remained with their eyes fixed upon daily he rode up to them and passed on without speaking a word except that he gave the necessary orders to Barney smith then two or three clustered around mr purse asking him whispered questions it'll be all right said purse nodding his head and so the cortege passed on but not a word was spoken by Daly himself, either then or afterwards, except a whispered order or two given to Barney Smith. Moytubber is a gorse covert lying about three hundred yards from the road, and through it the horseman always passed, on other occasions it was locked. Now the gate had been taken off its hinges and thrown back upon the bank, and Daly, as he passed into the field, perceived that the covert was surrounded by a crowd. End of chapter 10